0: Good morning. Good morning. If you're able, please stand to show reverence to the Lord as we join in hearing His word. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from Zephaniah 1, 7 and 12 through 18. It's page 788 in your Pew Bibles. Be silent before the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. This good shall be plundered and their houses lay waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hasting fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries out loud there. A day of wrath is that day a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blasts and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they shall center They have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dawn. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. For a full and sudden end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. Our New Testament reading is 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11, page 987 in your pew Bibles. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, Then certain destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise like a thief, surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do. But let us keep awake and be sober, for those who sleep sleep at night, and those who get drunk drunken are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. For the God has disdained us from wrath, but to abstain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep we might live with him therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God you may be seated
1: let's go to the Lord in prayer Our Father, indeed it is our joy to come to you in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the living word, and through him you have spoken and you are speaking. Aid us now to hear what it is that your your word is saying to us for the glory of your name, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. You know, Charles Schultz and the Peanuts characters, they, in the comic strip, they always gave subtle spiritual messages. For instance, Lucy and, and Charlie Brown, they're having a chat. I hope you can see. Oh, no, nope, it's not up yet. There it is. Yeah. They're having this chat about the end of the world. And Lucy tells Charlie Brown, I don't worry about the end of the world anymore the way I figure it the world can't come to an end today because it is already tomorrow in some other part of the world. Isn't that a comforting thought? I can see Charlie, is rolling his eyes. He's like, I've never felt so comforted in all my life. Yeah, where, where do you find comfort concerning the end of the world? Are you like Lucy or Charlie Brown? Because there are a lot of theories that people have about the end of the world, and it's true, what you think about the end of the world is real, it's, it's, it's as you think about the end of the world and how the world is going to come to an end, it absolutely affects the way you live your life today. Your conviction about the end of the world might lead you to live a countercultural life. You might do what other people think is bizarre. Glue yourself to the pavement. Throw paint on priceless works of art. Theorize that there are too many people on the planet and you start devising ways to decide who should live and who should die. Or you wait for the singularity to happen. Artificial intelligence exceeding human control and, and transforming society. One, one, uh, one fellow in Popular Mechanics says this is going to take place in 2031. And so you let, you let AI bring about the end of the world in an attempt to save man from himself. Does any of that sound comforting to you? Yeah. See, the Thessalonians were seeking comfort about the end of the world the day of the Lord. And Paul reminds them that as they think about the end of the world, that they should take comfort in their identity in Christ as children of the light, children of the day. The word of the Lord is also encouraging us who are the children of the day. The church says the scripture is showing us that since we belong to the day, we need not worry about the times, but we stay woke knowing what we are to wear in these times since we are not destined for wrath. That is the, that is the, the framework of the text. And so let's, let's take a look at this. Because since we belong to the day, we need not worry. Look at verses one through three. Now, in the background of this, of this text, you know, the people of the church in Thessalonica, they became believers, in the words of chapter 1, verse 6, through, under much affliction. They received the word in much affliction. And in Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, it describes that trouble and affliction as, as ethnic and political with accusations of, of these people are committing insurrection. They're breaking the decrees of Caesar, saying there's another king, Jesus. See, these are the conditions that these men and women of Thessalonica came to faith in Christ under. And Paul told them in chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, that they had suffered like the churches in Judea, suffered by, they, that they suffered like those churches. It they suffered at the hands of their own countrymen. And then Paul adds this, but wrath has come upon them at last. And so meanwhile, some of the believers, they lost their life their, and their friends and their loved ones were asking questions of Paul. And they're, they're wondering about well, what happened to those who have died? Where, what has happened to our loved ones? And so in chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, Paul answers their questions. Paul tells them about Jesus coming back to the earth with the trumpet of God, sounding the alarm of his return, raising those who died in Christ first, and then the believers who are alive and left are caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, Paul says, so we will always be with the Lord. So the next natural question then is chapter 5, verse 1, what Paul is addressing. When will this coming of the Lord be? And Paul tells them, you don't need to worry. You don't need to. He doesn't need to write to them about that, about that because they are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. See, Paul is using Jesus' words to, as Jesus described his return. Jesus likened his return to that of a thief. Look in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 39 to 40, he said this. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into." You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You see, so even even what some people see as the signs of Christ's return that, that presage the event, they aren't to be taken as measuring tools of when the day of the Lord will take place. Since Jesus himself said this, he would say this, and you will hear of wars, this is Matthew 24, 6 and 8, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. All these things are but the beginning of the birth pains. So, we're not to be, we're not to be alarmed at war, at earthquakes, at famines, Doesn't matter where the war is. Doesn't matter where the famine is. You're not to be alarmed by it. Nation rising against nation. Don't be alarmed by it. These, the scripture says, are labor pains that have always gone on. The earth has been in labor for a long time. In the day of the Lord, Jesus again says this, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. And so the Apostle Paul is saying no more than what Jesus says. Don't worry about the times or the seasons. The day of the Lord will happen like a thief in the night. And your task is to be ready. Be prepared. For what? His return. To be... How? By not falling for the deception. Not falling for it, not listening to the deceivers. Because those, those who are declaring there is peace and security apart from the Lord. Take, so they take their security in false idols. It's their weapons. It's their money. It's their economy. It's, it's, it's all these other things except the Lord. And they think that the Lord, he's like the God of the nations. Our Old Testament reading said it this way. At that time, this is God talking. I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts. And now usually you don't think anybody knows what you say in your heart, do you? Not even your husband nor your wife even though you might be able to read it on their face. But you would say, yeah, they don't really know. But here it says, God is searching your heart. He's not, yeah, he's going from house to house, from place to place. He's searching the hearts and what they think about him in their hearts. And he says, there's it what they're saying, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. God doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, he's good. God is good all the time and he's just, you know, he's happy with us. He loves us. You know, it doesn't matter what we do or anything that that was done. That's not what the text is saying. And as you heard the Old Testament text, yeah, that's that that's yeah, that's pretty scary. It's pretty scary when the, when the day of the Lord comes. But like Zephaniah, Paul like Zephaniah says that when that when they say this, when they say this, sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. Now, I don't think that that needs an explanation. You know, because, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've never been in labor. I've seen it. And I know, uh, yeah, so, so as soon as it starts, yeah, that baby's coming. The babies and you bet what Paul is saying and what the Lord is saying, because he used the same illustration, that when, when you see these things, you see these birth things happening, judgment is coming. It's inescapable. It's inevitable. Judgment is coming. But the question is, why won't these deceivers know what's happening? They're in the dark. They're in the dark. They're out of touch with reality because of their unbelief. And yet, for the believers in Christ, they don't need to worry about the times or the seasons. But since we belong to the day, verse 4 through 7, we stay woke. Listen to the verses. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. So the contrast between between darkness and light, sleep and uh, wokeness, these are contrasted metaphors that that run through the Bible. In Genesis, recall, God separates the light from the darkness. He called the light good, while the darkness was brought to an end. In Genesis 1-2, remember, the darkness was over the face of the earth and, and, and it was connected to this formless void. But then God says, let there be light. Hallelujah. And so, so then there's this word picture, too, of, of waking up as, as if one is coming to life. In Isaiah twenty six nineteen. It says this, your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. And then again, in Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2, speaking of the future glory of the Lord's people, it contrasts the light and the darkness. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you. You yeah, see, darkness and, and sleeping are, are activities associated with not knowing God, along with this. This image of, of being drunk, controlled by by alcohol, another uh, and, and out of control, unaware and, and reality being altered. You know, I can remember the first time that I encountered a drunk person, I was probably about seven or eight. You now, I told you my parents they, they had a, a janitor business, and so and we were all the employees. It kept the overhead low yeah. <laughs> So, so we were with my mother, and we were out cleaning up this store in downtown Omaha. And my sisters and I, we were we were racing to finish what we had been assigned to clean in, in the store to see who could get back to the car first to have that front seat. Because don't you know, that is prime real estate. Yeah. See, I won. I jumped in the car, and then... I didn't see this guy, but this man, he, he was drunk. He, he came by and he climbed in the back seat of the car. And he proceeded to lay down and to go to sleep. And I'm in the front seat. You know, I didn't think I should run. I turned around and screamed at him, get out, get out. <laughs> but he didn't listen. My mother got me out of the car and she called the police. They came and got him out of the car. But he didn't know what was going on. He was under the power of alcohol. Out of touch with reality, unaware that he was going to jail. <laughs> you see, see the person in the dark, drunk, and asleep will be surprised at the coming of the day of the Lord. But if you are woke, and I know that some people have trouble with that word these days, you know. Uh, so yeah. You, yeah. Woke. Well, see, the, the, but you know, it all depends on what you wake up to. See, you need to know that when what you're waking up to. Walk, waking up and walking, waking up and, and, and the light are both the work that God does in his children. This is their identity. They are light in the Lord. Jesus is the light of the world. He's redeemed his people, and he has given them light. They are the ones who are prepared for the day of the Lord. Children of the day, stay woke. You're not of the night. Hold forth the light. Sleeping and and drunkenness, the activities of night, they're devoid of the operation of life that only comes from the spirit of God. So the question is, are you embracing your identity as children of the light, children of the day? Because to the degree that that we, by faith, take in the truth of our identity in Christ, the more courage and comfort we have facing the day of the Lord as a time of joy, a time to see the glory of the Lord. And since we belong to the day, we know what to wear. Look at verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." See, Paul, he uses this 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 word picture, but he's in of this, this armor for the children of the day. And and it reminds us that we're in a battle. And we're 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 on the Lord's side. So Hattie Johnson, she was a lady that we knew for, for a number of years there in Chattanooga, and everybody affectionately called her Aunt Hattie. But if ever you asked Aunt Hattie how she was doing, no matter what was happening in her life, you know, she would say, I'm in the battle, and I'm on the winning side. Yeah. Yeah, see, see armor is for fighting. And in, in Ephesians 6, 11, we're told, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So we are fighting an enemy who has plotted and has schemed hatred toward us. As Martin Luther said, he's the prince of darkness, grim. And in Ephesians, the armor is a breastplate of righteousness and, and the helmet is the helmet of salvation. But here in First Thessalonians, Paul has a different take. He has a different perspective on the armor. He says, put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So why the change? The armor is protection. The breastplate the, the Greek word is thorax, and it's, and it's from which we get our word thoracic, and uh, and, and it's, the, it's the breastplate. It's the it's faith and love. Faith is faith in Christ. In Christ, we are covered, we are accepted, we are approved, justified, made right with God. That's our core, and that's and so we are protected in our core. But the breastplate is also love. Love for God and love for man. And the hope of the helmet of of the hope of salvation, it enables us to withstand the troubles of this world, the trials of life. So if we are persecuted, we know that our persecutors don't have the last word. If we're sick, we know that sickness doesn't define us. If we die, not even death is the end. It's not the end, because Jesus rose from the dead with all power in his hands, and He is in control of everything. Now doesn't that want to make a Presbyterian shout? I mean I mean, well, you can grunt really loudly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So all this is to say that since we've been made children of the day, we are empowered with faith and love. Hope to counter the culture of unbelief, hatred, and despair, showing them the love of Christ in the way we love God by loving each other. See, there's nothing worse, too, this is true, you know, there's nothing worse than being invited someplace or to go someplace and find out that you're dressed inappropriately. You know, last week, so, we, so some of you know, we were in Pittsburgh, my sons and I, and uh, we were looking for a restaurant to eat at on Saturday evening and, and we look, Oh, a lot of the restaurants had dress codes, you know, so, uh, they had very specific dress codes, you know, uh, women couldn't wear spaghetti straps, and they couldn't wear tops that were uh, where their midriff was showing, you know, men couldn't wear sweatshirts or sweatpants and you couldn't wear open-toed shoes. Some of y'all would have a problem with that coming to church. Uh, but since we are but yeah, yeah but since we are of the day we have a dress code it's the armor of faith and love with a helmet of hope and the armor is it's not just protection but it's preparation watching for the day of the Lord and if you know what to wear you're both watchful and armed See, when the day of the Lord comes, the children of the day want to be found living by faith and carrying out their faith in love, holding fast the hope of salvation. So since we are of the day, we can have the utmost confidence that we are not destined for wrath. Look at verses 9 through 11. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now, see, so Paul, he wants to remind them that their identity in Christ guarantees their destiny. Do you see that in the text here? See, since they belong to today... They are not destined for wrath. And here is the clearest statement that should dispel any doubt you have about the end of the world. And I love, I love the way that another translation, NIV, says this. It puts this for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, so that verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, see, that's the helmet of hope of salvation. It's meant to protect your head from the darts of doubt that the devil will throw at you. Because he wants you to think that you are always in peril of the punishment of the wrath of God. But here, the Lord says, you're not appointed to suffer wrath. Since you belong to the day, you're not destined for wrath but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. See, some of you, you know, if you actually believe this, it would change the way you live your life. You will, you will change if you actually believe that this is true, that, this, that what, what God has done for me is not, yeah, you see, you're, yeah, you'd come, to, you'd come to church happy <laughs> because you actually want to be here. <laughs> you actually want to worship God. You're not trying to score points with him. You're not trying to please him, and for him to say to you somehow that, "Oh yeah, I've counted how many times you come to church. That's really good. You need one more." No, that's not. That's not what we have in Christ. No, no, we are we are we are here in the presence of the Lord because God in His grace wants us. Hallelujah. You're not appointed to suffer wrath. See, your identity in Christ guarantees your destiny. So from whom or where are you getting your identity? Are you looking at yourself? You will not find comfort on the day of the Lord by looking at yourself. Are you resting the weight of your identity on your ethnicity or your culture? See, those are not strong enough to bear the weight of who you are. Are you seeking to ground your identity in your sexuality? It's not sufficient to atone for your sin and it can't bring you peace with God. The only one, the only one who can give you an identity that will endure through the end of the world Is Jesus Christ. And don't you know? Don't you know why? Because the verse tells us in verse 10. That he died. He died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep. We might live with him. All that means. What that means is. That whether you're alive or dead. You're with Jesus. You're with him. So you see our biggest problem is not whether or not we are representing our ethnicity and culture well. Our biggest problem is not following what we feel about our sexuality. See, looking within ourselves to find an identity is like falling into a bottomless pit thinking that at any moment you're going to hit solid ground but it never happens. See, you're mistaken if you think these are your biggest problems. Now, see, our biggest problem is that sin has separated us from God. Sin, with all its complexities and nuances, has left us in darkness, without faith, without love, without hope. Objects of wrath by nature. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, born of a woman, just like us. Took on flesh just like us. Suffered in this world just like us. Born under the law. Its weight falling on him. Can you live up to this? None, every one of us can say no, we can't. He could. He did. Hallelujah. See, Jesus Christ took the wrath that was aimed at your sin and mine so that we could be given his identity this righteousness of being in being the righteousness of God now is that a comforting word yeah see no need to fear the end of the world anymore since you are of the day you don't need to worry about the times or the seasons Jesus is coming be ready Since you are of the day, stay woke. Remember, it's what you're waking up to. Jesus is coming. He's the light of the world. And since you are of the day, know what you are to wear. Yeah, go ahead. Get your armor on. Faith, love, hope. Since you are of the day, you're not destined for wrath. Children of the day are safe during the day of the Lord. your identity in Christ guarantees your destiny a destiny that ends in a new heaven and a new earth where Revelation 22 5 tells us and the night will be no more they us all of God's servants the Lord's servants will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever Do you belong to the day? Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, who is the one who saved us from your wrath and has brought to us peace, gave to us your righteousness, brought us into your family, made us one through his selfless sacrifice. He fulfilled your righteous demands. He took care of our biggest problem and has given to us his identity. Oh Lord, enable us as your people to believe this more and more, to take it into our hearts. Lord, help those who struggle to believe it, who under the weight of everything that has been said to them and things that are being said to them in the life that they're living now, Lord, Help them to hear the good news of the gospel above all of that, that they might walk in this victory that you have given us, Lord Jesus, as we watch and wait for you to descend on clouds, bringing bringing our loved ones with you, and also, Lord, bringing an end to the darkness, solidifying for us forever that we are children of the light. Children of the day. We ask that you would do this in Christ's name. Amen.